are listening to the Christian Bookworm Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I show up here to talk to you about all things bookish and to share fiction, nonfiction, and children's book selections written by and for Christians. I love reading good books, and I love helping you find good books too. Let's dive in. You are listening to episode 22. Welcome back. And as always, you can find the links to all the books and anything else we talk about on today's episode on our show notes page, www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes dot html. Okay, bookworms, it's been about a month since my last episode. That's a lot longer than I anticipated, but um, we have had a lot going on. Uh, primarily because after that last episode, my grandmother did pass away. Um, So that's been taking up the majority of my mental and emotional, I don't know, abilities. Uh, My grandfather is still in the hospital. He um, definitely deteriorated a lot and now is um, on the mend, but he's still has a very long way to go. He can't walk yet. He has trouble sitting up for very long, even um, among other things. So he has a lot of recovery to happen before he will be able to um, move back into a fully functional life. And obviously he has a lot of grieving um, to do still too. So um, if you would please keep him in your prayers still, that would be um, wonderful. My family and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, my parents are doing much better, but they both still, um, have some recovering to do as well. So any prayers would be very much appreciated, especially if you would just pause right now while you're thinking about it and do it, it would mean so much to us. But, um, many of us still have alarms set on our phones and we still, um, pray at 9 PM central time. So If you would like to join us, we would love to have you. I think that is the gist of what I would um, like to say before we dive right in today. Um, Because my grandmother has passed and has just been on my mind so much, I've been um, rereading a lot of old cards, letters, emails, book inscriptions, all kinds of things that she has written to me. And... um, she and I both share a love for the written word and not just books, but quotes and poems and all kinds of little things. My aunt had sent us some pictures that they were just tucked all around her house, um, which just meant a lot to me because that's how my house is too. Little, little words stashed all over the place. Um, and as I was going through all these words, I just knew that I really wanted to find a way to kind of memorialize this. Um, So I decided to do a podcast episode about it. My grandmother um, was excited about the show. She did listen to the show, and she would email me, or when we talked on the phone, she would tell me about it and um, say things she liked, or she'd say, oh, I read that book you recommended, and tell me what she thought of it. And um, we had talked about her coming on the show, and she was definitely planning to... um, recommend some books to you all. So I'm disappointed that I didn't make that happen sooner um, because then I would be able to re-listen to that conversation over and over. But 
um, I can at least do this and I can tell you what I know about some books she liked and hopefully some of you will find some great recommendations today um, in her honor. So I want to um, read you a couple things she wrote and tell you about some books she liked, primarily fiction books. Um, basically, I only have fiction and children's books to share from her um, recommendations. So before we dive in, I thought I would just quickly tell you about um, the nonfiction book that I am just about finished with. And then let's dive in. I will tell you first about Praying Mom by Brooke McLaughlin, who is the co-founder of Million Praying Moms. So this is not a foundation that I was familiar with, but she is the co-founder. And the um, subtitle of this book is Making Prayer the First and Best Response to Motherhood. So I'm sure all of the moms and grandmas listening can absolutely agree um, that... Yes, we definitely want prayer to be our first response, and it isn't always um, for a lot of us, but we, we want it to be. So um, I do feel that this book is definitely going to be really helpful to moms and even grandmas and aunts, anyone who is spending a good amount of time with children, um, but especially, of course, for moms as that's who it's geared towards. Um, Brooke McLaughlin just talks a lot about how to pray if you struggle with that, with knowing what to say or how to say it. Um, I know I've heard so many people say, well, I don't even know how to pray. And so if that's how you feel, then I think um, you'll definitely get a lot of uh, out of this book. But even if you don't have that issue, even if you're like me and kind of talk God's ear off sometimes, um, I still think it's just really powerful. She's got so many great um, specifics on scriptures to pray over them and um, just all kinds of things and something I really enjoyed is that the book is filled with um, not only these like prayer recommendations and scriptures to go along with it but also anecdotal stories um, and not just from her so you're not just seeing um, prayer in action for one mom but you're seeing it in action for other women who have different children they're in different life stages or different circumstances or their children have um, different diagnoses. You have all kinds of different, you know, uh, moms and home lives um, represented here. And so I definitely really liked and appreciated that. And um, I think you will too if you decide to check this one out. So Praying Mom by Brooke McLaughlin. There are five children's books I'm going to recommend to you that my grandma really loved. Um, the first one is a picture book, and it is The Pokey Little Puppy, the Little Golden Books classic. I'm sure most of you know it by now, but this one is uh, an older book, so it has the more older illustrations um, that feel to it, but it's still very much in print and is um, beloved by children and families all across the country, if not worldwide, but at least all across the country. Um, this is just the story of kind of a mischievous little puppy and his explorations and sneaking around and how it all ends up. So definitely, if you're not familiar with that one, um, I say you're kind of missing out. Um, and then I have four kind of more middle grade books to recommend as well. And the first one is Pollyanna by Eleanor Porter. And this is the story of an orphan girl who is sent to live with her aunt. She doesn't really know. And 
Her aunt is, I want to say bitter, and I don't think that's quite the right word. Maybe jaded is a better word. She's just jaded, and she doesn't really um, want to hear positivity. She's kind of more negative or at least neutral about most things. And Pollyanna is a very peppy, cheerful, pleasant little girl who really loves looking at the bright side of every situation, even um, even the ones that are not so great. And, um, of course, the two kind of clash in some ways and come out changed. And I just really um, love the message. There is a Disney movie starring Haley's, Haley Mills from, I think, the 60s? I guess I don't remember when Haley Mills was in her heyday, but um, an older Disney movie starring Haley Mills, and I do like it. My kids and I love the story, and we do like the Disney version, but there's another version of the movie that takes place in, uh, I believe, England, just like the book does, and so it's a little more true to the book, and we actually like that story or that movie um, a little bit more, so I'll link to both in the show notes, but... Um, Pollyanna was one that my grandmother um, definitely really loved. She also really liked Bridie of the Grand Canyon by Marguerite Henry. And I'll be completely honest with you and say that Marguerite Henry's books kind of feel boring to me. They're very slow paced and I feel kind of dull. Um, but they have stood the test of time. They're very beloved by many. So that's obviously... Um, not necessarily a popular opinion. It's just my opinion. Most of her books are about horses, although she does have like Cinnabar, the one o'clock fox. But the majority of her books about are about horses, but Bridie of the Grand Canyon is about a donkey um, who, you know, travels up and down through the Grand Canyon. My grandmother read this book as a kid and as an adult, even in her 50s or 60s, she wanted so badly to ride a donkey down the Grand Canyon, just like she had as a kid, that she actually had looked into it. And to my knowledge, that never panned out. She never actually um, rode the donkey down the Grand Canyon, but that was something that she had talked about many times, all because of this book. So if you're at all interested in this concept, this might be a really good one for you to check out too. My grandma also loved the Little House series by Laura Ingalls Wilder which um, the first book in that series is Little House in the Big Woods. If you're familiar with the TV series Little House on the Prairie, they are based on these books. Um, these are kind of the fictionalized memoirs of the author and her life growing up. Um, the I really like the TV show too, I really do, but the, the show plays with, this storyline but doesn't stick to it um so by the end I feel like it's hardly reminiscent of the books at all some episodes are other episodes are not there's characters thrown in that don't ever appear in the books there's all kinds of um discrepancies there so I feel like they both are lovely but the books are a little different from the show um, and the last one is The Five Little Peppers and How They Grew. This is actually a series. Um, there are many books in this series about the Pepper family, which is a mother and her children, and some of their escapades. Um, my grandmother has only ever talked to me about the first book, which is just called The Five Little Peppers and How They Grew. 
My kids and I read that as a read aloud earlier this year. We actually did the abridged classic starts version um, because they're younger. My oldest was seven at the time and we really loved it. They have asked me to reread the series this year, or I'm sorry, the book. So we definitely will. So I can't speak to any of the other books in the series, but I will say that the other books are a part of the Good and the Beautiful book list. So at a bare minimum, I can tell you that they are wholesome, um, but I can't attest to whether or not they are um, as good as that first one. My grandma definitely liked her fiction to feel very appropriate, and she read primarily, I would say, women's fiction and historical fiction. Um, she probably read some other things, too. I know she liked um, Western stories, like, for example, Zane Grey is an author I heard her mention many times, but um, definitely women's fiction and historical fiction are primarily the books that I heard her talk about. She especially had a love for stories about family relationships and for stories set in the West. Her heart definitely um, leaned towards the Western side of the United States. They kind of traveled all over the place. Um, she's seen quite a lot of the country, and she's lived in many places, including Hawaii, but her heart definitely leaned toward the West, especially Arizona and Texas. And she just had um, a lot of fondness for stories um, with the pioneer settings and especially in like the Wild West kind of setting. So um, I guess let's start with a little snippet of something she wrote once about her a few of her favorite books. The Bible. Three special ones, the one from my mom and dad, the one from your mom and dad, and the one that was my mother's. The book, A Lantern in Her Hand, a little book of poems my mother wrote, the history of Callahan County, Texas, where I was born, and our big family Bible with the, with the record of births and marriages, etc. The book, A Lantern in Her Hand, is by Bess Streeter Aldrich. It is not one I was familiar with but it is one that she had loaned to my mom shortly before she got sick and went into the hospital. And it's one that I'm not sure my mom has finished because of the circumstances, but she was very much enjoying um, while she was reading it. So here's what Google Books had to say about that one. Abby Deal was born in Iowa during the 1800s. This novel tells how she moved to Nebraska as a bride and struggled with hardships and poverty to help her husband raise a family and provide for them. That sounds very much like something my grandmother would love, and I am not at all surprised that it's one she um, recommended to other people. Um, when it comes to that kind of women's fiction, um, the, the main author I know about that my grandma enjoyed was Lisa Wingate. So I've talked on the show before about some of her secular work, and I've talked on the show before about the Carolina Heirlooms series. Um, the Carolina Heirlooms series is one my grandma read in its entirety, including the Kindle books of the series. Um, but I've only read the first two, which are The Prayer Box and The Story Keeper. So this series is set in the Carolinas, um, modern day, but 
we don't have um, one character that we're following through each book. So those books work very well as standalones. Although I believe the Kindle books are kind of just um, a an expansion of a character's story from the uh, main books. Um, but the book, The Prayer Box, especially, um, I have an especially fond feeling towards now because that is one that uh, my grandma and I read together as a buddy read. And I did talk about that one in a previous episode, so I will just link to it in the show notes if it's something you think you might be interested in. But the premise is a box of essentially letters. Um, these are prayers that are handwritten out. When a single mom starts cleaning out the house of an older woman who has passed away, she stumbles upon the prayer box, and um, not only does she learn a lot about her own personal life, um, through reading these prayers, but also about this um, other woman and the town and just a whole lot of life lessons and choices mixed in. And um, she and I both really enjoyed that one. And then my grandma also really enjoyed the Lisa Wingate series, Tending Roses. So I have not read that one, but she liked it, I believe, not quite as much as um, Caroline Heirlooms, but she definitely liked the series. Um, she and I talked a few times about Lisa Wingate and how we both felt that her writing was somewhat reminiscent of the secular author Kristen Hanna. So um, definitely not a perfect match, but something about it tended to remind us of Kristen Hanna's um, secular writing, which I would also classify as women's fiction, um, the term publishers like to use at least. We both read quite a few Kristen Hanna books, and I only know of one specifically that my grandma read and enjoyed. I'm sure we talked about others over the years, and I don't remember it, but I know she read and enjoyed the book Winter Garden. So, again, this one is secular. It's very possible that there's a curse word or um, maybe she might allude to intimacy, although she's never graphic. I don't know. I have to warn you there. It's been a while since I've read this one, almost 10 years, I think. Um, but Winter Garden is about a woman and her daughters and their Russian family heritage. And um, it had a really magical feel to it, especially if you curl up with it during the winter. And um, that Rich family heritage, although we don't have the Russian family heritage, is something that my grandmother really loved. She um, definitely kept a lot of great family history, and um, it's not surprising to me at all that she really liked this one. Another series she recommended to me many times was When Calls the Heart by Jeanette Oak. I have never read this series. I told her each time. I don't know, it doesn't really sound like I'm something like something I'd be interested in. But she also recommended it to my mom, who loved it. Um, this series is um, set in the Canadian West. And this is a 1910 Canadian coal mining town. Um, we have a young, I believe, teacher. Um, basically kind of that pioneer feel. And um, again, not surprising that it's something that she enjoyed so much. Um, I... It, this series has been made into a TV show. Emotionally, I don't feel ready quite yet, um, but I do eventually plan to um, try the TV show just to kind of have that feeling of um, feeling close to her, um, but I still don't really. 
um, think I want to read those books. But there is another um, kind of pioneer feel series that she's recommended that I will be reading pretty soon. Um, these are secular books by Nancy E. Turner. Um, the first is These Is My Words. Um, this one has won a couple awards. I know it won the Arizona Author Award, but I know it won a few others as well, at least one other. This is The Diary of Sarah Agnes Prine from 1881 to 1901. Um, this one is set in the Arizona Territories, and it's based on the author's family memoirs. So, again, definitely something my grandma would absolutely love. I recommended it to her after I heard it recommended on a podcast, and she laughed and said she'd already read it, and she um, recommended it to me. She had these books. and Anyway, so I actually have her copies of the books to read um, soon. I don't feel emotionally ready just yet, but um, pretty soon I would like to read them. So the first is These Is My Words. And then there is also Sarah's Quilt and the Star Garden. Um, these ones are written, at least the first two, are written as um, diary entries. I wanted to say epistolary, but I think that's only if they are letters. I guess I don't remember if diary entry books count as epistolary books or not. But I've always really loved books written um, in diary or letter format. Not enough that that's all I read, but I like to break up whatever else I'm reading and um, and read that kind of diary format. So I'm very much looking forward to these ones, um, but like I said, not just yet. Um, my grandma and I both read the book The Key to Everything by Valerie Fraser Luessi. Um, I recommended it on my blog, and then my grandma picked it up right away. She read it, and we talked about it, and then she went on to read Missing Isaac by the same author. Um, so the key to everything is about a, I think like 15-ish um, year old young man, and he, after his father passes away, embarks on the same bicycle journey his father did, and... Um, there's a girl involved at the other end. He, he's riding from one end of Florida to the other. There's a girl at the other end of Florida that he's kind of pining after. But it's not necessarily a romance. There's a lot of that feeling. But um, the book is about so much more than that. She and I both really enjoyed it. We both felt that the characters were um, kind of perfect. So not much flawed um, character action going on in that book, but we really enjoyed it. And then she went on to read Missing Isaac, um, which is about a black field hand who disappears and a young um, white boy he had befriended set out to find him. And this one was set in um, 1960s Alabama. Because of the longer description I read about online, I was really excited about that one. I still am and definitely plan to read it. Um, but my grandma said she just kind of liked missing, or I'm sorry, um, the key to everything a little bit more. So um, that is also something to think about. Because we both liked this author, um, when a publisher reached out and emailed me that they were, that, that Valerie Fraser Loessi has a new book coming out, um, I jumped at the chance and signed up for it, and then I told my grandma all about it. And so um, we were excited for this new release that I just got in the mail the other day, and that was um, that was kind of difficult. 
and I'm this is the next book I'm going to be reading so it's bittersweet on the one hand it makes me happy to kind of read it in her honor I think it'll make me feel a little closer to her without having those um, ties that'll make it too difficult at the same time finishing it will of course be bittersweet because I won't be able to call her or email her and um, chat about what we thought about the ending and what we thought about the characters so It'll be bittersweet, but this one is called Under the Bayou Moon by Valerie Fraser Lessie. She was very interested in it, so I thought I would read you the back cover copy. When Ellie Fields accepts a teaching job in a tiny Louisiana town deep in Bayou Country in 1949, she knows her life will change, but she could never imagine just how dramatically. Though rightfully suspicious of outsiders, who have threatened both their language and their unique culture, most of the residents come to appreciate the young and idealistic school teacher, and she's soon teaching just about everyone, despite opposition from both the school board and a politician with ulterior motives. Yet it's the lessons Ellie herself will learn, from new friends, a captivating Cajun fisherman, and even a legendary white alligator haunting the bayou that will make all the difference. Take a step away from the familiar and enter the shadowy waters of Bayou Country for a story of risk, resilience, and romance. So, we were excited to check that one out, and um, maybe it's one that you might be excited to check out, too. The Rock Harbor series by Colleen Coble is another one that I have talked about on the show before, and my grandma read that whole series, um, which surprised me, I will admit. So this is a thriller series. I wouldn't necessarily say thriller, but that's what I'm going to go ahead and call it. Um, we have a woman who has a search and rescue dog, and that's what she does for a living. And um, she gets into some pretty crazy situations as a result. I always like to warn people, um, I do like the series. It definitely has that kind of edge-of-your-seat feel and keeps you guessing, although, of course, um, it has calmer side stories as well but book four which is known as abomination or haven of swans since it was republished um is really intense that one was a little bit much for me it's about a serial killer and some of the descriptions of his um of what he does were pretty were way too much for me i'll just say that um we had talked about it and my grandma said that she kind of felt the same way. So that's my warning. But Rock Harbor series is a kind of a mystery thriller series that she also really enjoyed. Um, this is something else she wrote in an email to me recently. There are some Christian authors I really like. Lorraine Snelling is one. I liked her series about homesteaders in North Dakota. Right now, I'm reading a four-book series by Kathleen Armstrong about a small town in New Mexico. I'm really liking these, even though I'm still only on the second book, but it is really more like real people with all their flaws and wrong turns. And because I have been on the highway to El Paso so many times, I can just imagine what this dusty little desert town must look like. So, I think that's it. Um... I wanted to read something she had shared from from the series uh, When Calls the Heart. The sequel, or the second book, is When Comes the Spring. And um, in that book, one of the um, 
daughters is getting married, and she wrote me a letter that has the prayer the father read at their wedding. So I wanted to um, read that to you. Just This is a quote straight from the book, but I'm going to be reading, and I think that is a great place to end today. Might there always be harmony and commitment, love and happiness, strength for the hard times, humor to ease the tense times, and shoulders always available for the times of tears. That is our show today, Bookworms. Thank you for listening. I know my grandma, of course, meant a whole lot more to me than she did to you, unless, of course, you are one of my family members. Um, So I really hope that because of the range of books recommended today, you at least heard something you're interested in. But if not, um, thank you for indulging me because it meant a lot to me to be able to talk about her and this thing that we shared, um, our love of books. As always, I just want to remind you that you can find all the links to all the books and anything else we talked about in our show notes page www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes dot html you can also find me on goodreads as skbell and you can always check out the friends of the christian bookworm page on goodreads it's only semi-active but you are welcome to change that I will link to that in the show notes as well. And anytime you want to hear from me without listening to the podcast or between episodes, you can also keep up with me on my blog, authorskbell.com. This week, I hope that you can remember something I'm trying to work on remembering, which is just simply that nothing is permanent. And I mean two things by that. I mean that... Nothing is permanent, not the joyful things that we all love so much, so we should savor them while we can, but also not the hard things, the crazy things that are going on each time we turn on the TV right now, anything sad, anything stressful, anything frustrating. Nothing is permanent because this is not our permanent home and we have something so much better to look forward to. I hope you'll be able to carry that in your heart this week and I hope it's a good week and I hope it's a good day and I hope that at some point involves you curling up with a good book. See you next time.